So hello gluten-free community, how are you guys doing today? Today is super exciting because we are having our first celiac guest on before, so welcome Sarah. You are actually my first celiac guest before and it's super exciting to have you here. Um, Sarah is the person who runs Celiac Sarah Explores on Instagram and she travels to different countries with celiac disease and she also has a YouTube channel. KJ and Sarah, so be sure to give them a follow on both YouTube and Instagram. Um, hi, Sarah, how are you doing? Hello, Lauren. I had no idea it was your first celiac guest. I'm yes. so excited. I know. It's so, <laughs> I'm so honored to have you here. I'm super excited, and I just can't wait to learn all about your celiac disease and traveling, and I think it's going to be so helpful to people who want to learn how to travel with celiac disease. So I'm so excited yes. to learn all your insights and will probably help me as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to give you guys a little insight, me and Sarah, I think we connected first on TikTok. I don't remember. Yeah. If, I know I saw your page and I was like, oh my God, I need to learn more about traveling with celiac disease. So I was so excited. And then we connected through Instagram DM and then she came to my last support group, which was super exciting. And I hope to see you at the next one this week. I know you said oh, you yes. were going to be there. Yes. Um. <laughs> So yeah, do you just want to talk a little bit about your celiac disease diagnosis story? Like when did you get diagnosed and all of that? Absolutely. Perfect. So I never really thought this was going to be in the cards for me. Yeah. Um, I was a collegiate D1 athlete and I never really had any health problems up until the age of like 23. Um, and I think graduating during a pandemic, getting a mm -hmm. pretty stressful job and just the environmental change. Um, I had my just an annual checkup in like April of 2021 and I got blood work done just routine and things were like out of whack. So yeah. that led us down the path to, I was officially diagnosed in November of 2021 okay. at 23 years old. Got so it. we got there, but <laughs> um, leading up to that, so it was the routine lab work and it was actually like elevated liver enzymes at first. Okay. So... Yeah, that's they really like, interesting that they found that through routine blood work because I didn't I got, know that was possible. <laughs> I got lucky because my yeah. thing was quick. It was like eight months. So okay. I got lucky. Um, but I did a bunch of like liver testing and stuff first because that wasn't like the telltale sign of like celiac disease. It's just right. like one of them that's kind of at the bottom. Um, and I didn't think that I had the classic GI issues but looking back on it, I had so much stomach pain every day. I had bowel movement issues like mm -hmm. most days. And I think I was just like gaslighting myself. I'm like, oh yeah, everyone has this. Like this is yep. normal. And it's the not. same thing <laughs> happened to me when I first got diagnosed. I was like, yeah, I like burp 20,000 times a day. Right. But like that's normal because, you know, your body gets so used to, you know, what's happening to it that you don't even realize that it's like out of normal, you know? Exactly. So and at that time, it was just like a weird time in the world. And I was just always tired, too. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'm tired. Like, what else is new? Like, I just feel like this every day. But now on the other side of it, I'm like, oh, I don't have to feel like that every day. Right. That's that's great. Yeah. Wow. And did you have any complications in terms of like when you got your liver enzymes tested? What was like the next step? Yeah. So thankfully it was a pretty smooth process for those eight months, but I got the liver enzymes checked out, um, got more blood work done because they were like, oh, something's weird. Let's check everything. Um, and one of those things was the celiac test. Um, but in the meantime, I got a ultrasound of my liver, but that was fine. Okay. And 
then once the celiac gluten-free blood test came back super high they were like okay like come in for a colonoscopy and endoscopy got it so they did both Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I was in straight up denial until <laughs> the morning of my colonoscopy and endoscopy. My doctor came in. She was like, well, you probably have celiac disease, but this is just the final confirmation. I was like, wait, I didn't know we were at that step yet. I thought oh this my was God. the step. Yeah. I know. The steps are kind of different for everyone. Like, I mean, most people don't catch it in a routine um, like blood work. So that was really yeah. interesting to hear. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, my dad's a nurse, so he automatically connected me with like a GI doctor. And based on my symptoms, they, before they even tested, they were like, oh, we think it's celiac. So like, I already had like a little bit of insight, but it's interesting to hear from people who don't have any like medical background to be like, how did your diagnosis come about? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and I will say I was referred to a gastroenterologist who is the one that did all the screenings and stuff at that point the routine thing was my pcp and then i went to the gastro got it awesome yeah and and you said that was november 2021 yes so it's been like a full year now yeah have you learned like so much it's like a complete lifestyle change but you're probably feeling better now i can't even believe that it's been over a year i feel so much better like when i was first diagnosed i was like i'm not gonna be able to do this a week let alone my, yeah. the rest of my life so yeah and that's yeah. like what a lot of people tell me they're like how do you just say goodbye to gluten and it's it's like you don't really get a choice it's if it's like mm-hmm. if you want to heal and feel better you just kind of have to accept that this is like your new life and this is like your new healing stage versus continuing to eat gluten it's only gonna like damage your body and make it worse but exactly and like the day I got diagnosed I was like okay but I'll still be able to like you know sneak a piece or yeah. two of like <laughs> whatever cookie I don't right. know and now like even a week after that I was like oh I'm already feeling better yeah like, you'll, you'll like want gonna... to never eat gluten again I don't want a crumb right exactly. like once you know what it feels like to be healed it's like nope I'm good <laughs> exactly and did anyone in your family have celiac or are you the only one okay nope I'm the lone wolf um I have a younger sister and she got tested because the genetic thing like right. one in a hundred goes to one in ten right but She's negative, as of now. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I also am the only one in my family with it. That's crazy. So I was like, where did it come from? Because I, I, I literally had no clue. No, like, no one in my family will get tested. They're, like, against it. They're like, we don't want to find out. And I'm like, I oh swear, God. one of you has to have it. But no, um, my mom bullied her doctor into getting a test for yeah. it. She was like, give it to me. And she, the doctor's like you don't have any symptoms we don't do that she's like I need it well you could be asymptomatic too which is like the crazy thing exactly and Um, she was negative so good we'll see so maybe it's from your dad's side who knows yeah it's got to be somewhere so it's like my my mom actually ended up finding um family in Ireland that like we didn't know we had over there and so we reached out to them through Facebook and got talking and my mom always brings up my celiac disease because it's like the only personality trait I have apparently (laughs) and um they were like oh my god no way there's like six of us over here that have it so like that's how I kind of figured out the connection between mine but like it's interesting to hear you know so many people are the only one in their family and they don't know where it came from which is crazy so weird so weird yeah um, well, awesome. Do you want to talk a little bit about like where you traveled this year? And I know you went to so many different places, maybe like list off a couple of them, some of your favorites. Absolutely. Um, 
So I went to 13 countries this year and 11 states. So that's amazing. That's a crazy statistic that I didn't think I'd be able to say. Yeah, that's (laughs) super cool. So awesome. And did you already have these like travel plans made before you got diagnosed with celiac disease or was this after? I would say it's like yes and no. So because I'm such an avid traveler, like I love traveling. I'm really passionate about it. So I had been traveling for a while. And then with the pandemic, it was kind of on hold, like international travel right. um, from like 2020 to like at the beginning of 2022, it started opening up. So I knew that I was going to start traveling this past year. Right. Um, and that was like a month before my diagnosis. So Got it. that was kind of crazy with the international travel. Um, but I did have a few domestic trips planned. Like literally it was like November, I don't know first week in November, I got diagnosed. The last weekend in November, we were going to Washington State. Wow, so, so that's like right when your travels began. I had no idea what I was doing that trip. Yeah. I look back, I think we went to Dairy Queen, and I got a blizzard, and I'm like, why would you go to Dairy Queen and get a blizzard? <laughs> I know, like, well, it's just impressive that you traveled and, you know, went through this whole lifestyle change while traveling, because I know even for myself, like when I travel, I come so prepared. I have like anxiety about like making sure everything is perfect. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine trying to like heal myself and learn everything while traveling and then also having a full time job and, you know, doing so many different things. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm not sure. I guess I I can have no regrets because it's my life and what I did. I was like throwing myself into the deep end a little bit. I think it could have been a little bit more chill and maybe not gone on that first international trip but But hey that's life sometimes you don't get to plan things and it just happens like the way it does and obviously it all turned out great um and when I know you did just get first diagnosed like right before you started to travel so like what were your like feelings about traveling with celiac were like you nervous about it or did you not know what to expect I was like pretty stressed I would say, like, the stress I experience now is different than, like, for an upcoming trip than that first trip because you're kind of naive, so you don't Mm -hmm. have, like, all that baggage. So I don't know if I was, like, less stressed because I didn't know what to expect, but I definitely was super nervous, but I went in with a plan. I'm a big planner, so (laughs) I knew the restaurants. Like, I did my research beforehand. I knew that I can't just go and eat wherever I want. I don't speak great Spanish. So I had to like get all my things in order. And it was a quick trip. It was only like five or six days to Barcelona, like our first one. So I was like stressed, but I felt confident that I could do it. And I wanted to do it because I knew that travel is like an important part of my life. And I want to continue it. For sure. And you just mentioned before, like you experience different stress now compared to then. Can you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz I feel the stress. <laughs> yeah, we all feel the stress. Yeah. That's what we have to deal with in life with yeah. this diagnosis. <clears throat> um, yeah, my stress now. So as I have a trip coming up next week, um, I'm in the like logistical little bit of stress phase right now, right. making sure everything's planned, not only the itinerary with the flights, accommodations, etc., but where I'm going to eat where I'm going to get my meals, like having snacks planned. Right. So, and the um, trauma from being glutened on previous trips, now that I've had that, I have a little, I bring a little bit of that, but I try to 
to keep it cool and I know that I can trust myself and like what I'm doing and mm-hmm. have that plan and that's all I can do. And if mistakes happen, mistakes happen. Right. And I think it's important to talk about you're you're most likely going to get glutened on vacation at some point. I mean, as much as you try, like I have gotten glutened on vacation, like sometimes it's out of your control. People can tell you, oh, this meal's gluten free. And I mean, you're going to trust people, especially in the beginning, because why would you not trust somebody? And then you're going to mm-hmm. get sick and it might cause a little bit of turbulence in your trip. But I mean, I haven't had issues like with being able to recover on vacation, but don't feel guilty if that happens because it will happen, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I kept telling myself this year, too, is like I would have probably been glutening myself at home. Like right. it's not just because I'm in a new place. Like obviously there's a lot more like roadblocks because there might be a language barrier and right. like, you really don't know this restaurant. But you could visit a new place at home and the same thing would happen. Yeah. So. At one point, like travel, I was really getting scared of doing the next trip because I had a bad experience. And I was just like, you can't let that fear hold you back from something you genuinely want to do and fills up your cup. Yeah. 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 That's that's such a good point, too. I mean, it's all a learning curve. So it's like whether you learn it while you're on a vacation or whether you learn it at home. I mean, I'd rather learn it on a vacation. (laughs) That sounds more fun, but it is stressful and that fear will always be there. Do you have any like tips for overcoming um, like the fear of traveling? I think what really helped me was focusing on my why. Like Mm, I knew that I wanted to travel and like the feelings I get when I'm adventuring, like awe, like excitement, those are things that I like just crave and want. So because I knew I wanted to do that, I knew there were going to be some growing pains. So when you focus on that, why it allows you to be less scared and like calm the stress down. Like, okay, I'm stressed about my next trip, but oh my gosh, I'm going to have so much fun and I've planned and I've prepared and then we move forward. Yeah. I think, I think that's a hundred percent the right way to look at it because you have to remember to live life. Like as much as everything seems scary especially in the beginning like it will get easier like as you learn like all the tips and trips tips Mm -hmm. and tricks um (laughs) but I think like the most important thing for myself like when I travel is especially airports is making sure I you know prepare and pack my snacks and you know have the find me gluten-free app because I know that's like a worldwide app and there's so many different things I do to prepare um do you want to talk about like you know, if you do airplane travel, like, how do you contact the airline to, like, make sure they can accommodate your food? And do you pack specific snacks every time and stuff like that? Absolutely. So, as I'm thinking about our trip next week. Yeah, like, you can even talk through that trip, if and if you want to share where you're going, because, or I don't know if you're keeping that a secret. (laughs) No, it's not a secret. I'm going to Australia! (laughs) Yay! I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm going to be following that trip so hard. (laughs) so excited we're hitting like a bunch of different cities too so I'm like okay four cities the find me gluten-free app is a key to my planning process so are you like starting at one side of the island like driving to the other are you taking flights everywhere it's huge okay yeah I don't know we're flying (laughs) okay got it I know it looks so tiny on a map but it's like I, I do remember it's like really big when I was planning, I was like, oh, well, like, we can just drive there. And I'm like, oh, five hours? Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so walk us a little bit through, like, what you're doing right now to plan and to make sure you're prepared. Yeah, so basically 
Find Me Gluten Free app has helped me find which places I'm staying at. So I've solidified the locations of my Airbnbs because those have kitchens too. Okay. So that's part of the preparation process is making sure you have somewhere that you can cook food too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll go through and try to like pair up activities that I'm doing with restaurants nearby, especially if we're going to be out. So in Sydney, I know we're going to Bondi Beach, which is this mm-hmm. gorgeous pool right on the water. I'm so excited. Yes. Um, but it's so a little... <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. Um, but it's a little bit further away from like the restaurants that I'm aware of, so I have to make sure there's a restaurant. Like I think there's a pizzeria that I can go to that's right next to it. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that pairing. Um, um, and I think it's important to mention, like for those who haven't used the Find Me Gluten Free app, it's a location based gluten-free restaurant app so all you have to do is literally just have your location services on or you can type in where you're going and it will automatically pull up um places that are gluten-free and there's also a filter for certified gluten-free if you want to make sure that it's 100 percent dedicated um i mean i go to restaurants that aren't always 100 percent dedicated i'm not sure about yourself but um mm-hmm. you can always read the reviews and people it will tell you if someone has celiac disease in the review or if they're gluten intolerant, or just, like, by choice. Um, so it's that's, like, a life-changing app for me. I don't know what I would do without it, honestly. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't downloaded it, I highly suggest that you do. Yes, um, download it, because yes. it's key to get you to travel places. Exactly. And I, it's even helped me in the middle of nowhere. Like, I live in New York, and sometimes we go to Vermont or New Hampshire and really rural areas especially when it's, like, winter and we're doing, like, outdoor activities, whatever. And I think I was in the middle of Vermont, and there was, like, three restaurants, and I was like, oh, yay, like, I'm starving, I don't have any food, like, no way I'm going to be able to eat anything. And I opened the app for, like, a joke, just to, like, be like, oh, there's not going to be anything. And mm-hmm. there was a 100% certified restaurant, <laughs> in oh the, like, gluten-free in the middle of nowhere. So it's like you really never know, and even in Hawaii I had some – a hundred percent dedicated gluten-free restaurant in the middle of nowhere and it was one of the best restaurants I've ever been to so oh my gosh I love that truly funny funny story I was actually dying like I got my call when I was on a trip in Vermont so I was even traveling when I got my diagnosis (laughs) I love that (laughs) it is just a part of you I love that for you yeah but Vermont is great like I Mm -hmm. Didn't know what I was doing my first meal, like, hours after that phone call was eating out because we were in a hotel. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we have gluten-free bread. Like, do you need a separate, like, toaster? I was oh, like, wow. oh, I have super, no idea. They're super health conscious <laughs> in Vermont, which yes. is really, it's really nice to go there. I get some of my mm-hmm. favorite, like, snacks in some of those country stores over there. I do love Vermont. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, say, you know, when you're flying to Australia, what, what snacks do you normally pack if... Or do you pack meals versus snacks, any of that? Because how long is the travel time? It's like 24 hours, right? Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Yeah. I think it's close to 40. Oh, my Um, God. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Because we have long layovers um, so that we're not missing any flights. Like, the option was either a one-hour layover in LAX, which I never recommend. Don't do that to anyone. No. (laughs) Um, Or an eight-hour layover. So here we are. Um, and then we'll fly to Sydney and then we're flying up to Townsville. So okay. we have a few layovers and it's going to be long, but, um, so I pack a lot of snacks yeah. because I don't want to get hangry and I'm always want to be prepared. Yes. So I'll bring, 
usually kind bars, but I might switch it up this time because I think I overdid it last year. I had kind bars like every time yes. and usually like I'm not in the best mood when I'm eating them because I want to be eating other food, yes. not eat the kind bar. So <laughs> we got a little disassociation problem there. <laughs> I get it. I in Hawaii, I like lived off of go macro bars because I just didn't have a lot of gluten-free snacks and like I I don't ever want to eat a go macro bar. <laughs> I'm like I am so granola barred out like I will eat yeah. those in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. But. So I'll see what I get. I might try to get something different. Let's I see. love Lara Bar. So if you've never had those and you can get like a box of like 22 and they're oh, wow. freaking. I like the blueberry. I forget what it's called. It's like blueberry muffin maybe. But and they their ingredients are like so clean. It's just like dates, blueberries, cashews. It's, it's they're amazing. I love them. Amazing. I wrote it down. I'm going to yes. pick some up. Check them out. <laughs> but. I'll also bring like just, um, I love fruit snacks. Like, mm-hmm. they're just quick. They get me energy. Yes. It's easy. They taste good. Yes. Um, what else do I bring? I usually bring granola. That's less of, like, a... I don't usually eat it with my hands like a snack. Like, I'll find yogurt, because you usually yes. can find yogurt yeah. and make that more into a meal. Um, I will bring pasta and eat it, like, at the airport before we get on the flight if the timing works out that way. Like... If, when did I do that? When we were flying to Vietnam, we got to the airport at like 3 p.m. And our flight wasn't until 6. And then the first meal isn't served till 8. Okay. So it's like, I knew I needed dinner because yeah. I had lunch. So I brought that with me to the airport and ate that in the airport and just moved on. So the getting meals on planes is so key and something that I didn't know my first time I went to Spain. Yeah, I... <laughs> I think when I, I went to Hawaii, they provided a meal, but I didn't know they were going to, so I didn't get to eat it. And I was like, wow, that looks so good. <laughs> yeah. So basically, when you book your flight, um, my recently, I recently booked a flight with Delta is going to Australia. Um, they just have like a tab. I don't know exactly what it's called, but like additional requests, special instructions, something like that. And you can go in and click if you have a dietary restriction. They have a few options like vegetarian, low FODMAP. Oh, wow. Um, gluten-free, and then I, I think a few others, um, but I don't know off the top of my head, and I do think they change sometimes, so. That's really cool that they that. have low FODMAP, too, because all yeah. my IBS girlies, like, <laughs> exactly. I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> That's yeah, really cool. there was one on a different airline, like an international airline, and instead of calling it that, they called it, like, bland meal. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> That's a very good, accurate, like, representation of IBS, but <laughs> that's really funny. Oh my gosh. Keep it bland. Yes. But yeah. So, oh, <clears throat> um, yeah. So do you just, are you, do you, cause if I ordered it, I'd be so worried about like cross contamination and everything. And you haven't gotten sick from any of those meals, right? No, I haven't gotten sick from any gluten-free airlines. I haven't like tested any with a NEMA sensor or anything. Right. Um, and usually you feel kind of crappy on a travel day anyways, but right. I, nowhere near like a, a gluten exposure symptoms mm-hmm. um that's good and know. sometimes if you can't do it online you might have to call like for american airlines i think i had to call one time um and usually you have to do that 24 hours before your flight okay. or they won't get it yep, so that makes sense you need to know yeah and on some airlines like japan airlines they'll put um little stickers on your seat and on your on your mat. so you're like identified as the gluten-free person and there's different colors for other people I love and that. the meals come out with GF meal, like everything's labeled. So I, so far I've trusted it and haven't had any issues. Yeah. I think 
when it when it's labeled, it just makes me feel better too. Because I'm like, okay, they know, I know. It's like very clear yeah. representation. Do exactly. you have a certain airline that you've traveled with that you know does it better than others, or have you had good experience across the board with all the different airlines you've flown? Um, I would say like since I'm trying to chase Delta status right now mm-hmm. to get the upgrades. Um, I love, Delta. but I do. <laughs> You love Delta? Okay, yeah. Delta girlies here. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I don't know. I just have the best experience every time I fly with them. Yeah. No, I think they're great. And I've had great experiences with meals on their flights. Yeah. So I'm excited for this long one coming up. Um, but I would say they're great. There's also like other domestic flights like JetBlue. They have like popcorners. Mm-hmm. Um, American Airlines, I don't think I got a snack that time. But mm-hmm. like just those little snacks. Yep. But for meals... Japan Airlines was great, but it was a lot of fish, and on, mm. like, a really long travel day, yeah. it was just, like, four meals of fish, and I was just fished out by the end of it. Fish is not, like, a... I feel like when I'm on an airplane, I want, like, comfort food, because it's, like... <laughs> yeah, like you said before, you already feel kind of shitty traveling, like, usually, so the last thing I want to eat is, like, a fish meal, but... Hey, exactly. You eat but it was you super get. fresh. Yeah. And good. Okay. <laughs> and then Turkish Airlines actually had, like, lots of options. We had the 10-hour flight turkey to boston and i got served two meals that were like delicious and all oh, wow. gluten free oh so, that's really awesome that was random <laughs> i've i just flew hawaiian to um no united i'm thinking because i went to hawaii i flew united to hawaii and they didn't have like any gluten-free options i didn't call ahead though like i made okay. sure to like pack like all my snacks but so if you're flying united don't like don't expect snacks i think they only had pretzels and crackers and they're, like, mm. the airline ones, so they're, like, not um, anywhere near gluten-free. And, obviously, they were, they served meals, too, but I didn't yeah. I didn't trust. You could get, like, a vegetarian one, but it's not, like, gluten-free. So, right. if you're not flying it. United, I would probably call ahead and ask, because maybe they do have options. I really didn't look into it. Um, yeah. But I think some of my snacks that I always pack, like... I go ham, like, <laughs> I, like, like to, like, have a freaking, like, charcuterie board, but sometimes it's difficult with, like, the ice packs and stuff, which I think is important to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can only, for people, like, listening, you can only bring ice packs that are frozen in, because one time when I was leaving Hawaii uh, a couple years ago, my ice pack had melted before I went through TSA, and they, like, pulled me over, and they're searching my entire bag, and I'm like, geez, what the heck is in here? And they're like, oh, it's the ice pack. <laughs> and I'm like, why can't I use it? And they're like, because it's unfrozen. And I'm like, oh, so it's considered a liquid now. But um, I did explain, like, my dietary uh, issues, and, you know, my parents were like, she kind of needs that ice pack. So as they, all they'll do is, like, they strip searched my entire bag and me well not actually strip me but like they pat me down (laughs) (laughs) and then they like let me take the ice pack but as long as your ice is frozen you should be good um but I always pack like the little Justin's nut butter packets and like an apple Mm. um I'll pack like cheese and crackers I bring hummus and carrots um trying to think what else I'll pack full-on meals so (laughs) I'll do like I don't know, like grilled chicken with rice and um, like a vegetable. And I think I saw you do it. Did you bring a little oatmeal packet and put like warm water in it? Oh my gosh, yes. And okay. you're reminding me of two other meals that I... Go ahead. Or meals. 
Um, the oatmeal thing's great because yes. they have hot water on the plane mm-hmm. and they can fill it right up. That's that that's was awesome. legendary. I was like, I'm doing that next time I go on vacation. Like, cause that's so smart. That's a great yeah. hearty meal, especially when you're really hungry. It was so good. And then the other thing I do because I don't want to deal with ice packs. Like, I didn't go down that route, but I bring a bunch of tortillas and I put Nutella and peanut yes. butter in them. And I don't love those on the daily, but on a travel day, like yeah. I have six of them. Like, they I'm they just, hit different. They hit different. <laughs> and do you bring, can you get like Nutella packets or do you bring a whole jar? Um, I'll do the packets. I'll pre-make some of them like for a long travel day. I'll probably do that for um, okay. Australia coming up. Um, and then usually I've been able to buy Nutella all over the world. So oh, that's you can perfect. always pick that up. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Um, and yeah, I think also I want to talk about like in the airport, like what have you been able to find? I know I, I think the Boston airport is like one of the nicest airports I've been to and they have so many gluten-free options. Like I was amazed. I, of course I got there at like 6am. I was like, I don't need anything right now. But I've been able to find, like, dried fruit that I can eat, like, a lot of trail mix, um, like, salami and cheese roll-ups. Yogurt is another big one. Um, The boiled eggs, but they're absolutely disgusting in the bag. (laughs) But um, I definitely have, like, difficulty, like, finding meals. Like, I don't ever count on a meal being there, like, unless there's a Chipotle. Like, I kind of trust Chipotle, but I don't know if you've had Mm -hmm. experience with restaurants in the airport yeah so actually i have a few thoughts so in the boston airport i think they have like a be good and so you can like order and i think that's in terminal a i don't know but um i love be good that's been safe wall burgers okay that's i got like a salad like a taco with a burger on top i don't know yep um that was good and then in the i forget where we were connecting i think it was in charlotte I had an amazing sub. Ooh. Like, wow. Udi's bread. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I could eat that now. <laughs> yeah, it was um, amazing. I haven't had a good sub, honestly, since. Like, that I would know. just happen to be in the airport. Me either. Wow. I, for- I forget what that was called, but I'll-, I'll have to look it up. I rated it on Find Me Gluten Free. So oh I will God. check Find Me Gluten Free in the airports. That's um, amazing. But I also. How- like have a hard time that's not like usual that I'll find a sub that's gluten-free um especially finding meals but I do have this thing called the priority pass through my credit card which gives me access to lounges Mm. in a bunch of airports and honestly like hmm, 75 percent of the time I can usually eat at those lounges and they'll have things like bananas and apples to like take away um there's usually a lot of buffets they have allergy warnings but I'm very skeptical of buffets in general right. so that's just another thing and I wanted to note like it's good I try to go like low FODMAP like two days before a really long flight yeah so one time I had a flax cookie like it was a cookie covered in flax seeds okay on a flight because that was the gluten-free dessert and I felt so sick just because I'm not a doctor or scientist but yeah. I think the flax seeds like when you're breaking them down in your body, it creates a lot of gas and yeah. you're in an airplane, the pressure yeah. and everything. Like, I think mm. that's really interesting that you brought that up because I do the same thing. Like the reason I pack so many snacks and I'm so picky about what I eat on an airplane is because my symptoms, like, I don't know if it's because the pressure like of the plane and your high elevation, which can like cause bloating, but I get so bloated and constipated. And like, if I eat anything 
too inflammatory like I won't be able to go to the bathroom and I'll just feel like sick so I always try to make sure I have like leafy greens and I'm just trying to eat like pretty clean so like my mm-hmm. stomach stays like settled especially when you're traveling for like 40 hours on a plane yeah because you're and not drink moving lots of water yes water <laughs> and I always bring little like um, I'll bring like loose tea or tea packets too in the airport and I'll get like hot water because that's so easy too Mm-hmm. Um, but that's important. Yeah. Especially if you have a yeah. sensitive stomach or IBS or even people with celiac can experience that. So absolutely. That is an important note. Um, mm-hmm. I know obviously you did not travel just domestically. You went everywhere like abroad. Um, and one thing that I'm like a little worried about, cause I may be going to Brazil is like the language barrier. So how do you kind of like overcome that? How do you communicate with servers and How do you become, like, confident in, like, knowing that your meals are safe? Absolutely. So, usually I'll do three things, I think. I'll research the place beforehand, and I will likely not go to just restaurants in general that I haven't researched beforehand, like, on Find Me Gluten-Free and read reviews about. Um, It's possible from these next two steps, but I tend to lean on, like, trusted reviews and that's helped me not get sick um but if I am just going to a restaurant or if I am going to one of those restaurants that's confirmed I still do all the things like I don't take that for like a hundred percent you gotta you gotta vet it yourself um I will get a gluten-free language translation card so you can google like Spanish language translation card um for gluten-free in Google, and I forget who makes them. Gluten-free Globetrotter? Yeah, there's, Someone. A, there's also an app. I forget. I have it on my phone that does, like, they, like, translate whatever celiac disease into that language. Yes, yeah, so I have GF Card. That's okay. an app. Yeah. And it has, like, 20 languages, maybe. Um, it doesn't go into detail about, like, cross-contamination and Got stuff. It. Okay. So, like, the ones that you can, like, purchase, or some people give them out for free, um, but you can purchase them for, like, 10 bucks, and it's worth it to, like, because yeah. they've vetted the questions, like, oh, in Brazil, maybe they use a specific kind of oil that might right. be, like, linked with whatever. They'll mention that in that card. Um, that's so really important. That's kind of a good-to-know thing. Yeah. And then the third thing is Google Translate, like, you and learn words beforehand. Yeah. So when I spent a month in Mexico, I learned like what wheat was, what celiac was, like so I could get far enough in the conversation and then supplement with like the language card and then Google Translate. And have you had any like bad experiences? I think I saw a TikTok, I don't know if it was in Vietnam, um, where Probably. you had a little bit of a bad experience. Yes. And honestly, that wasn't from actually I don't know which one you're talking about, but um, because there were two uh, situations, but one of them, there was just like a complete knowledge barrier too. So sometimes the language only gets you that far and the person's not going to know what gluten-free is anyways, Mm -hmm. or celiac disease. So there was this one place where I ordered a salad and I said, no croutons, like gluten-free, show the card, everything. And it came out with croutons. And at that point, like, my trust for the place was broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was not going to eat there. And my boyfriend had his food in his in his plate. And I was like, eat quickly. I'm finding a new restaurant. <laughs> you gotta <really> go. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you just have to be respectful, too. Like, I, they felt really bad because they didn't know what was wrong either. Like, right. I was, we were all trying our best. So 
just being nice about it but don't feel the need to like eat the salad and knowing that you're gonna get sick just to like be nice you know yeah exactly I know I I've definitely like I do feel guilty sometimes especially it was actually interesting like in Hawaii they really weren't conscious of what gluten-free meant either and it I know it's, like, part of the United States, but when you go there, it's it's really, like, a different culture, and, like, there's a lot of things they don't know about, like, celiac disease and, like, just health in general, so I constantly found myself, like, having to explain, like, they're, like, what's, what's gluten-free, and I was, like, wheat, rye, barley, and I would go to places, and I would see them not wearing gloves, even when I ordered things, and I would just choose to just take it and leave and just not eat it, because... You know, you'd rather be safe than sorry. In those situations, I do have a NEMA sensor, which is oh, like do. this sensor that can detect gluten up to 20 ppm. And yeah. it's like 96% accuracy, I think. They have a bunch of more information on their website than I can do yeah. justice. But for that situation where you really don't know if you trust it or not, and you're really hungry and you want to eat the sub. Right. Um, that's a good way to use that. I know I've been wanting to get one just so that I have like peace of mind, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to eating out. But mm-hmm. have you caught anything before they're using it? Definitely. Oh, Definitely. A lot from like bakeries yeah. that you're they're just like, This is gluten free and you're like mm-hmm. <laughs> It looks too good to be gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So more so like on on that spectrum, I tend to use it less on like restaurants. That just kind of makes me like feel a little uncomfortable if my meal comes out and I'm like, oh, boo, boo, boo. Like, <laughs> yeah, give me a second. <laughs> Let me do my science experiment first. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you get all the capsules and stuff. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so I do it on takeout a lot too because I don't always trust takeout. They're gonna yeah. know because I'm not face to face. But I've always had good results from it. Like okay. in Vietnam, it was pho and it was so good. But the noodles looked a little too good to be true. So I was like, oh, let's test it. And it was gluten-free. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I, I, need, I need to invest in one. I, yeah, I think it would be peace of mind for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, when you're like, say you're in Vietnam, Bali, any of these Mexico places, um, do you, I know you said on a lot of your Airbnbs you have kitchens. Do you cook some of your own meals? And if yes... What's your experience at the grocery store and, like, reading labels and stuff like that? Absolutely. I definitely cook my own meals, and I think it's, like, so important that you use that tool in your toolkit when you're traveling because a lot of things are out of your control, and it's great eating at restaurants until it just gets kind of exhausting. Like, I have a limit, you know? Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Glad glad we're in this together. (laughs) Um, but like breakfast, it's easy to do like overnight oats or like eggs. So I'll tend to like do that. And when we're out exploring like lunch and dinner, that's when I'll go out or like every three days I'll like cook one of those meals in. Um, and it's been pretty easy to get groceries. Like I've been able to get like chia seeds, eggs, yogurt, all the things. Sometimes it is weird reading labels and stuff. Yeah. I was (laughs) going to say like, do you... are you able to understand what the labels say in terms of like allergens or like you said, you make overnight oats. Do you buy the oats at those grocery stores? Cause I know oats can sometimes be cross contaminated and stuff. True. I only bought oats in Italy okay. and then I carried them with me that trip. Um, but wouldn't trust them elsewhere, but also you can buy like all throughout Europe. They like have a lot of Italian products and stuff too. Right. So even when I was in Greece, I could buy the Italian product of whatever. And I knew I could trust that because Italy, they have like really good rules and they're yeah. really knowledgeable about everything. So 
yeah, do you want to go into your experience with Italy? Because I know I posted some videos because I've done research on Italy and that it's, like, so celiac friendly. I know they say when you're first born, they, like, immediately test you for celiac because I think 1% of the population has celiac disease over there, which... Looking mm-hmm. from the outside, you'd be like, oh, I can, I can go to Italy, but I'm not going to be able to eat anything because it's just pasta and carbs and a lot yep. of pastries. <laughs> but I've heard, and my sister's been, and she's like, there's so many gluten-free options. So did you experience that too? Yes. And I will say that was like my day of my diagnosis. One of my tears that fell from my eyes was like, I'll never be able to eat pasta in Italy. Yeah. Like, that is a dream. Right. But I did it. So Yay! Yay! yeah. And it was so amazing. So because food is such a big part of their culture in Italy, like they want everyone, especially like friends and family members to feel included. And you feel that even as just like a tourist coming through because of all the options. Also, they like have to have options. It's like if you have celiac disease and you're eating the food, just like in general, you're going to be really sick, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So they have to. That's what I, like, read about, too. Like, the food is just such such a part of the culture that they said that they literally felt sad for people with celiac that wouldn't be able to eat, you know, their food that was a really big part of their culture. So, that's so yeah. exciting because <laughs> who wants to go to Italy and not be able to eat, like, everything exactly. they have to offer? So, that's awesome. I've even seen, yeah. like, 100% gluten-free grocery stores in Italy, which sounds like yeah. a dream. <laughs> and and grocery shopping in general in Italy is amazing because they'll have like a little gluten-free section oh. it's usually hidden usually I miss <laughs> it the first time and I'm walking around the grocery store yeah yeah but once you find it you can have everything and anything that you want it's like oh you know <laughs> that is that is very good to know yes. um this is kind of like switching paces but I know before we started this podcast, we talked a little bit about like hostels and I know you mentioned that you had been in like a hostel before for people who are looking to like travel solo. Like, do you recommend staying in hostels? Like, would you feel comfortable cooking in the kitchens? Have you had experiences like being in the kitchens? What are, like, what's all your knowledge on that? Yeah, so because I travel with my boyfriend, um, it is sometimes just cheaper to do Airbnbs because we can split the cost. So that's our main way. And then we'll do hotels sometimes, but no kitchens. So that's the the part about that. Um, Hostels, I stayed in a hostel in Costa Rica and it was such a vibe. They had like free yoga classes in the morning. Oh my God. You're going to have to give me the name of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will. It was awesome. And it was so beautiful there. Um, I did not cook anything in that kitchen for a reason. And this is just my experience with one hostel, but you can, you got to go out there and see for yourself. Um, but my friends were cooking in the kitchen and I went in and I was just like, you know, this is just, it would be too much work, I think, to make it safe. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you definitely could, like, I think you could get in there like 30 minutes before you start cooking and like scrub everything. I usually do that in Airbnbs too. Like Mm -hmm. before I use anything, I travel with my own sponge. You have to have a new sponge. Don't use their sponge. It's so gross. I know. Yeah. And then I'll make sure they have soap and I'll like wash everything. But in the hostel, I feel like you'd like really need to get in there. Right. Um, and yeah, I didn't need to, they had a restaurant on site that was like pretty knowledgeable about celiac disease. So I was able to do that. Um, yeah. So hostels, I feel like you've got to plan. Like, I feel like if you brought your own like cutting board, like it's hard to travel with utensils, like through security. So you'd have to like check it. 
Yeah. I feel like it's a few extra steps, but it could be done. So do you check a bag or do you usually only bring a bag on the airplane? Very much depends on the trip. Okay. I've gone on like a weekend trip to like a two month trip this year. Got so it's it. like I have a check bag, I have a yeah. like, carry on bag, I have a backpack and because normally, like, I'll pack, like, the flexible cutting boards, and I'll bring a spatula, and my mom also oh, got nice. me this, like, little griddle. It's, like, I don't know. It's pretty tiny, but I can, like, cook chicken and steak on it and vegetables, like, if I need to. So, I feel like... Oh, if, my gosh. Yeah, it's really nice, because, like, I just... I like to be prepared. I like to feel like I have an option if there are no other options, because... I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you can't always trust the pans, especially when it's a kitchen that you don't really know what's been cooked there, and people probably don't care, like, to clean it very well, but Absolutely. sponges, too, are super important. Yeah. Um, And I know, like, it's a big thing in a bunch of countries, like, outdoor markets. Like, I know in Hawaii, we had a bunch of outdoor markets, and I would go, and obviously, I could get fruit and vegetables, but I could never eat, like you know, food from like food trucks or anything like that. Have you been able to get groceries or just products from outdoor markets um, or like eaten food from any of them? Yeah, mostly just whole foods. And that's what I stick with even in the grocery stores too. Like if I do a packaged product there, you also get like imported products from like the UK or Australia or the US. So I'll stick to like English products like (laughs) there um instead of trying to read vietnamese and there's different labeling laws and stuff so i stick with those in the restaurants or in the grocery so they normally are like you know english products in it whether it's like from like you can tell it's like oh this is british you know like it's a little different got it yeah um but when i'm in an outdoor market i'll stick to those whole foods and that's like not an issue um in vietnam we did get fresh noodles from mm. this woman. We were doing a cooking class, um, and they were these beautiful rice noodles just in this bag next to her. But in the other bag next to her was bread. Mm. And I was like, mmm. <laughs> what is like, going I on I like here? this side, and I don't like this side. <laughs> yep. And she was wearing gloves, but she was, like, grabbing back and forth. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what is happening? Get these, yeah. We have to we had to have a system. So she did change her gloves and I had a guide with me at that point. Cause we were doing a cooking tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could just tell the woman was just like, why would I need to change my gloves? Like she did not know right. gluten free or anything. Right. Um, but then in Thailand, we, there's like a lot of food markets, like night markets right. that are really fun and exciting. Not as much having celiac disease. Um, Thailand as a whole was really hard for me. Mm. And I, they have they use a lot of soy sauce which contains wheat sometimes yep and they use it in everything which makes it delicious but right. unable for us to eat it and just like a lot of cross contamination so you can like eat at um those night markets but you have to know the right questions and you have to feel safe and a lot of the time I didn't yeah. um I would only go to stands where they were selling like mango sticky rice so I know that rice is the rice was good and mango was good so i did that um but i i think i did get sick once from like a cross-contamination thing because 
there's just less rules with it too. Like they mm-hmm. don't have to wear the gloves or wash their hands or do the things. So right. it, you just have to be really mindful when you're, when you're going and eating at markets like that. Yeah. My, my friend just went to Bali and he was like, I don't recommend you eat out anywhere. And he, and it sucks because like the food there looks so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, like, I, if I'm somewhere international, like, I feel most comfortable getting, like, smoothies and, like, fruit and stuff, but, yeah, it's difficult when it comes to, you know, countries that use, like, soy sauce, because that's such a sneaky thing to, like, sneak into products and meals. And it was everything in Uh, Thailand. I couldn't even get eggs. Like, they made the eggs with soy sauce in the pan, like, it was so hard. At least I went to Bangkok, Koh Samui, and Koh Phangan. So that's my experience in those places. I've heard it's better in the north, but... Okay. Yeah. Well, so you would say Thailand, out of all the places you went, was, like, the worst with being able to eat? What was your best yeah. or your most easiest place that you were able to eat? Italy was probably the safest mm-hmm. just because of, like, knowledge yes. and, like, protocols. Like, they have this thing called the AIC, and it's, like this national celiac certification. So they'll certify restaurants, like third party tested kind of. I love that. Um, (laughs) It's so amazing. So I would strictly go to those. I was living the dream. Um, But besides Italy, I, I had a great experience in most of the countries, but Spain and Vietnam were definitely up there too, for like really great experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I feel like Vietnam is a lot of like rice noodles, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of rice noodles. I had a lot of pho. Yeah. Um, and they just seem to use soy sauce less. Okay. Um, so, like, when I said no soy sauce in Thailand, they were like, oh. <laughs> They're like, what do we cook with? Right. <laughs> What's the <laughs> flavoring? Like, Mm-mm, no, no. Oh, my God. But in Vietnam, they're like, yeah, of course. Like, uh. That's so. good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Spain, Spain sounds... Do they have, like, a lot of rice there? Or what's, like, their main... What was a yeah. meal that you were, like, easy to get in Spain that you found celiac safe? Um, I feel like I had a lot of different foods. Also, okay. the restaurants, like, cuisine that I've been able to find in every single country is Italian. Oh, interesting. So, I've had pasta and pizza in almost every country that wow. I've been gluten-free. Mm-hmm. That's really impressive. Like, I even have a dif- difficult time finding it in my own hometown. I know. <laughs> like, and I live in the United States. Yeah, wow. so sometimes it's better traveling like you can just there's so many like things people are doing amazing things and it's like it's one percent of the people have one percent of our u.s population has today disease i think yeah and it's like like that in italy so it's like that other places too like right. everyone has these creative solutions so it's it's fun to explore yeah wow um and i guess kind of coming to the end like again if someone is scared to travel especially like internationally i'm assuming you find it easier to travel domestically cuz you can like bring things correct no okay. i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't say that yeah oh, okay um like what would you say to someone who's like scared to travel like i think i would say you have to live your life and you know you're going to have celiac disease for your last year for the rest of your life so it's like important to branch out and you know learn instead of just sheltering that part of your life away because you want to be able to socialize you want to be able to make memories and have those experiences but I don't know what your thoughts would be yeah I mean obviously I hear that because both of us have been there I think anyone with celiac disease has been there it's such a life-altering like diagnosis and it really changes everything and it does make travel harder I do not deny that but 
I do want to say that it's so possible and it can be done safely. I was only glutened like three times. I went to 13 countries and 11 states. Wow, like, that's awesome. It's so possible. And I just, I remember myself sitting um, in Mexico. So actually in Mexico, although it's like a lot of rice and corn, they have a lot of cross-contamination problems because mm-hmm. of the flour tortillas. Yeah. So I remember sitting in this restaurant and they were like, you can only get a fajita. And all I wanted was tacos. And I was so <laughs> like, sad. I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go. I got the fajita. It was great. But you know, yeah. it's just, it's the vibe. Right. Um, and I remember feeling so lonely because my boyfriend's there with me and he's a great support system, but he just doesn't get it at all. He had this whole meal and right. I felt so alone and sad and like, I, am I going to be able to travel? Like, this was like my third country at that point. Like, Mm -hmm. I just didn't know. It felt new. And then I was like, oh, I bet I'm not alone. Like, there's got to be other people. So that's when I, the idea for Celiac Sarah was born. I love that. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I want to really like tell other people that it is possible because I feel like I didn't see it as much. And I'm loving all the Celiac creators like coming out because it's so helpful to see people live their lives and like their products. I learn so much every day. I know. Um, it is amazing. Yeah. So I would say that it's definitely scary to travel with celiac disease, but it's so possible and doable. Yeah. And I think a, a tip that I have is like, if I'm really, really uncomfortable, I always like will pack a meal in case there's no options. And like, it can feel like awkward to eat your own meal at like a restaurant, but you know, sometimes you may not have people or friends that you're comfortable enough with to be like, hey, can we go to this restaurant instead? Like, I know I've ran Mm -hmm. into that before with people I've just met. And, like, I'm not going to be like, hey, can we eat here instead? Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll bring, like, a snack and maybe if I don't eat it at the restaurant, I'll eat it afterwards or I'll just order a drink just to, like, feel included. So there's always, like, an option to overcome it. And it's sometimes in the beginning it's uncomfortable, but... It's just something you have to become confident with, especially because you're going to have it for the rest of your life. Exactly. And it's all learning process. And I feel like, I hope it's only going to get easier from here. So I'm I'm like a month and a few, or a year and a few months into my diagnosis. So I hope it just, I keep learning and keep growing and everyone can do that too. I know. Yeah, it will get easier. And I mean, you've already conquered so many more things than I have and I've had it for six years. So um, and besides Australia, do you have any other like traveling plans for after? So on the way home from Australia, we're stopping in Singapore. Okay. So that'll be exciting only for yes. a few days. Um, and then after that, it's a little bit of an open slate. We have lots of ideas. Um, we, since we're going to Australia, we'll only have like two more of the, um, inhabited continents to hit. So we might do like a country in South America mm-hmm. or Africa, um, we're gonna figure out figure that out but yeah. I've also heard lots of good things about London and uh, yeah. Ireland so I might do a little trip there I don't know uh, I know there's so many places that I would like to travel to too Africa is another one that's on my list I'm I, I feel like it's like not talked about as much but I've been seeing it all over my TikTok and I'm like I think oh, it's really? calling my name <laughs> yeah I really want to do a safari so we yeah. would probably go to like Tanzania or mm-hmm. Kenya or South Africa. Yeah, so I've heard they're all same. beautiful. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, being on here today. And obviously for everyone listening, do you want to give a shout out to your Instagram? It's at... Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And yes. you can find me on all these adventures at Celiac Sarah Explorers on like 
any any channel tiktok is what i do mostly right now but we'll see about instagram and youtube coming forward yes and then my adventure travels that don't involve food if you're interested in that are kj and sarah (laughs) well it was so great to have you here i hope you guys enjoyed your first podcast guest with celiac disease not gonna lie we have a bunch of guests coming up in the future so if you enjoyed this interview and found it very useful and helpful to hear other people's experiences that are directly dealing with celiac disease definitely feel free to give this podcast a subscribe and if you enjoyed it it also mean the world to me if you could leave a review um again if you want to learn more about sarah's explorations to all around the world she's actually headed to australia currently on the way right now (laughs) um you can follow her at celiac sarah explores and then her and her boyfriend also have a travel channel um on instagram and youtube at kj and sarah so they have so much amazing information on just traveling in general and as well as traveling with celiac disease which is such a niche that's so difficult to find so so glad for her existence um and if you want to see more content by myself um you can give me a follow on instagram at eat.glutenfree with me um and then on youtube and tiktok my handle is at eat gluten free with me as always i love you guys and i will talk to you soon bye